This is Death Before Dishonor. I'm Genesee. My character is Xanatari. She's a good-aligned Kalishtar war priest. I'm Daniel. This symbol is renowned for being associated with the Rod of Orcus, the artifact that I'm after. I'm Eric. My, my name is, is Cesar. I was a, a slave worker for the uh, undead armies of Thay for 75 years. And I'm Tinzian. Shall we start this over again? <laughs> One of the beauties of D&D. Can't end the story. Goes anywhere you want it. Welcome to the show. I'm Genesee. I'm Eric. I'm Florian. And I'm Tinzian. And perhaps in the background you might hear my monster truck rumbling. Deal with it. And this is Death to Fort Dishonor. Today is Friday, May 30th. And this is episode I don't even know in a weekly series following a group of friends playing Dungeons and Dragons, hosted by the Grey Area Podcast. Last week, we had Florian join us as we did a tour of the Kalishtar city and working towards the central memory area. And uh, Tinsin's going to catch us up on the details, so Dungeon Master, you are a go. Welcome back, Florian. Um, we did a survey last weekend after your appearance, and four out of five dentists continued to say that fluoride is great. <laughs> the fifth one was confused between fluoride and Florian, so we'll have to get back to you once uh, we're done educating that dentist. As far as the episode goes, um, the party did a walking tour of part of the Kalashtar home city, um, where they encountered this rather strange individual that uh, was training with Kalashtar, apparently a rather quick learner, but perhaps the wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey issue with the time tower, uh, well, maybe that extends further than Winter Haven, or this is just something else. Long story short, Xanatari finally managed to make it to the temple where the memories are extracted and put into the collective. She did not find the head individual that does this, no pun intended. And um, the party is wondering if Carl, who is being played by Florian, has some issues going on beyond the <laughs> issues that he himself has stated. When we last left off, um, I think we were dealing with Xanatari. No joy. Okay, uh, well, I think we were in the, as you said, memory place and was waiting for the head, whatever. Hmm? I don't know, the head hoo-ha who is possibly best suited to extracting these memories because we didn't know the volatile effect that they might have. Mm -hmm. And uh, you had sent, they had sent for him to be uh, brought to the temple. And I think that you guys were just sort of walking along and Florian was doing something. Sorry, Carl was doing something. I will eventually get this name right in my head. Carl was doing something um, in the temple, just kind of walking around. But it was giving you some degree of pause, I believe, Sanitari. Uh, Cesar and Carl were like... They wanted to leave and just do something else because they thought this was, like, I believe Cesar says, it's like going to the dentist. I'm not going to sit here and watch, like, while this happens. So I thought that they were kind of preparing to leave while I... He had, he had already read all the highlights in the lobby, so... Okay. 
So, uh, Xanatari is waiting. Cesar, what would you like to... Uh, Cesar, you missed your opportunity. Because says Cesar, yes. Could have. Still could have. Now I can't. No. And he lost. <laughs> right. Good so, evening. Um, I think um, as we left off last time, I, I had indicated that I didn't really wish to just wait around. Um, mm-hmm. So I wasn't going to go too far, uh, but sort of, uh, you know, explore the near vicinity of this, uh, what sounds like a, in, in reality a terrible place where things are extracted forcibly from your head. Um, mm. But just, you know, get a sense of what's going around on around there, see if there's anything interesting. Hopefully there is. Okay. A little sightseeing. Carl? You've pretty much, uh, this is the first time you've been into this portion of the city. Anything that uh, is of interest to you, or? Uh, I think Carl will just uh, follow Cesar without asking. <laughs> he's that creeper who stands like three steps yeah. back, and you just never know why he's hovering around. Yeah, he's the, the guy in the pub that wants to start a conversation with you, but doesn't know how to, so he just um, walks behind you until you notice him. <laughs> And you start a conversation with him so he doesn't have to. That's what he does with Cyric right uh, with Cesar right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All okay, right. Guys, please stop it. All right, we're done. Florian is not in the Twitch chat, yeah. which is getting out of hand. Okay. All right, so. Cesar, um... You've yes. got a tag along. Mm-hmm. You're trying to figure something to do. What would you like to do? Um, well, seeing uh, Carol come along behind, um, I guess he would turn to him and, and uh, knowing that he's been here for some period of time, that actual um, period is sort of undetermined at this point, but he'll say, uh, well, uh, you've been here longer than I have. You know anything uh, nearby we could... Uh, Occupy our time with till uh, Xanatari gets her uh, mind vacuumed out. Uh, Carl would scratch his beard and go, um, Well, would you like something to eat or something to drink? There's a nice nice place over a uh, few oh, places that away from good. us right now. Sure, let's do it. Xanatari yells after you Don't find him any women. I don't want that in my head. <laughs> don't listen to her. She's all nervous about her upcoming procedure. We'll, we'll enjoy whatever we can find. Let's go. Okay. Um, Sanitari, after probably about 20 minutes to a half an hour of waiting, uh, I think we called him Ed, just for the lack of having no other name. Mm-hmm. Ed shows up, and um, he's moving somewhat cautiously into the room, as if he's sort of looking around, perhaps noticing it for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he does appear to recognize you, and... This is not inspiring confidence that the head of the memory... Mm. Uh, whatever you want to call this, memory extractor citadel, is uh, looking around as though he's never set foot in the place? Um, it looks sort of like... He's trying to figure out what happened. Sort of like someone farted in the room. But <laughs> okay. 
he's seeing something or he's detecting something in the room that is very amiss. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, as soon as he sees you, he, he does, he does recognize you and, you know, gets a smile, but it's somewhat of a, a worried smile. Okay. Again, not okay. super reassuring. Um, but he's, he starts to approach you and, uh, you've probably got about, you know, 15, 20 seconds to, to wait and he comes up and, uh, greets you politely. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would, I would greet him sort of eyeing him out of the side of my, uh, you know, tilted head speculatively. Hmm. He kind of, he, he pauses for a moment and looks and goes, there's, some sort of interaction in this room with uh, some magic that's been put in place, and I'm trying to figure out what exactly it is. Can you repeat that? Something about magic in this place? He looks around. You know, he sort of gestures around. You know, this this area is generally generally very specifically warded against um, stuff that the darkness or the shadows may put into play. And I don't feel them, you know, being present here, but it feels like something has kind of smudged some of the, uh, some of the magic in here. And it's kind of a bit odd. I wasn't expecting that. Have, you know, has, has it just been you in here? Uh, no, my companions were with me. Uh, Cesar, who's traveled with me for a very long time, and someone we just met who was in the city uh, called Carl, who... Uh, has been in the the temple training area, but don't really know much about him. The priest pauses for a moment, and he sort of kind of rolls his tongue around a cheek, and uh, seems to be you know calculating in his head until he comes to a conclusion. He goes, "Ah, um, about this high and uh, a half work." Yes, yes, that would be him. Oh, um. Yes, we. I. I know him. Um, uh, he was here. Did he? Yes, Senator is getting increasingly uh, nervous and and concerned, and she would question him further about why he recognizes this now and associates it with Carol. Did you know something about this person? Because he's spending a lot of time with us, and I would like to be aware of any possible. Uh, oddities that you seem to be aware of. He folds his arms loosely and kind of puffs out a small little breath and says, from what we can understand of Carl is is that uh, he is, for the most part, benign. Um, He he is not a a danger in and of himself. Um, But he has a very strong sense of being. Uh, I guess you would say his his psyche and his id are, are, are very strong. He's, um, as best as we can tell, he's a monk, but of but of what? We're not quite sure. <laughs> but uh, he tends to be somewhat stubborn. Um, I think you've probably, if he, did he just follow you here? Yes. Oh, oh, um, no one was at the door, were they? Uh, no one was at the door of the temple? What? Yes. No, no one was, was guarding the temple? Why? 
Hmm. Um, no one stopped you with him, right? Uh, no one stopped us? No, you're, you're really beginning to alarm me now. What are you trying to say? <sighs> what I'm trying to say is, is that I was suddenly summoned for a most urgent meeting elsewhere within town that took me away from the temple. And I am not normally one who is away, except for good causes. However, there is neither this part of the town nor citizenry that uh, I was there to meet. So, normally the guards have been in the past instructed to try and keep him over towards the martial fields, where I suppose a monk would belong, and not have his peculiarities so much into the temple. Mm-hmm. So, I guess, apparently, while walking along, he decided that wherever you were going to go, he was going to go. And, well, therefore, and he sort of raises his hands in sort of this mystic kind of mambo-shmambo look. Uh, apparently, he made the city um, acquiesce to his demands. Again. Uh, what sort of ramifications will this interesting talent have on uh, this this citadel oh nothing we'll just have to redo the the uh, magic back to the way that we like it uh, this is probably how his uh, stuff interpreted how he would like the magic or how he understood the magic so it sort of just kind of blended to how It'll take some time and effort, but um, the overall temple is is neither contaminated nor um, damaged in any way. It's just kind of how he wants it. Are you saying that he's manipulating things to comply with whatever sort of preferences he has? What are you trying to say? I don't know if he knows it subconsciously or not, but uh, we caught him talking to a tree when he first arrived, and he was going, oh, this again. I, you know, had chopped you down once before, and I had chopped you down again, and now here you are again, tree. And I, do, I don't understand why you are here, this tree. And this, this tree was, for what we could tell, had always been in this part of town and um, was doing no one any harm, but uh, he was quite vexed. And, um, well, we came to understand that he was going to spend his day and be out of our hair by talking to this tree, which is perfectly fine. But he kept saying, I cut you down. I cut you down. And um, at some point, uh, we all agreed that he had, and the tree was on the ground. But um, it looks like we're not sure if he struck it or cut it or what the deal was, because we don't know it. But we do know that at one point, he hadn't cut it down. But then he did. So we don't know if he actually knows what he's doing or if it's just a byproduct or what, but we tend to keep him a bit of an arm's length. Okay, uh, that sounds dangerous or splendid, depending on what it is he wants. Oh, no harm. He's, he's done no harm to anybody. Except I for think. that tree. Well, you know, we just will have to have the druids go plant it again. But... Um, yeah, we, we, we've seen him kind of angry, and nothing has ever happened to people, but we're not quite sure if he knows about it. But he, he's come here saying that it feels like there's something in his head, and he's been asking us for help, and we've been trying to figure it out. But, well, 
we're not too sure what to make of it all. Okay, I'm not sure what to make of it all either, except for the fact that I'm definitely not going to uh, be giving up my memories in a place that's tainted by some sort of strange uh, phenomenon. So I'm just going to go until you figured that out. Oh, um, and the uh, the priest does, does uh, kind of clap his hands and go, um, if you want, we, we do have um, the, the great library that... Uh, will serve the purpose equally as well, and we know that he has not been, been there at all. Hmm. If okay. you would like to well, do uh, this and take care of you. Xantar is tempted to just put this off further because she really doesn't want to do it anyway, but uh, considering that Cesar and uh, Carol are gone, it might be a good idea to do it so we could just move on to something else. Okay. Oh, and by the way, he does um, compliment you for returning. He does appreciate the fact that you've taken time to do that. And he hopes that your uh, your notification did not come abruptly and rudely. <laughs> do I give him uh, the short story of Corvus Dallas? If you, you can do whatever. But um, he does seem genuinely, even without an insight role, he does seem genuinely and honestly pleased to see you, especially back as, you know, you've definitely had some time out in the world and okay i'm going to uh point to winter at this point and say uh i believe winter came from the kalishtar was this uh a gift that i have you to thank for um he seems uh, he seems momentarily startled um and then gets down on his knees and looks toward looks towards you before for like a, can he you know interact with winter or not does Winter look, uh, you know, hackled up, or is he just kind of chilling out as his wolf self? Winter seems um, very much at home. Okay, then uh, I would nod permission and, and tell Winter, you know, like, okay. behave or stay or whatever command I'd worked on. Um, Winter Winter goes over to, ignores the kind of the stay thing, but uh, moves a little bit enough so that the um, Ed can put his face up near winters and pets and, you know, kind of inspect and stuff. And he, he's, he's remarkably gentle. You get the feeling that he has dealt with some degree of animal husbandry in the past, um, you know, or he's drawing upon some memories that are specific to the wolves. He's letting winter know that, you know, this is a safe thing. And he's kind of doing like a whole bunch of weird, um, weird things just trying to make, uh, winter happy well-being inspecting and stuff you do get the sense that there is magic going off from the hands of ed into or towards winter Hmm. none of it has a um, malicious feeling to it from what you can tell and there's doesn't appear to be any mental attacks happening and he sits down, and you start to feel something seeping into your head, Xanatari. Okay. It's kind of, it's kind of like he's, he's, hold, he's holding something, and he's kind of, you know, and he's sitting there, and he's sort of tapping his head. But you're getting the feeling that over the group mind link mm-hmm. for the Kalashtar, he's trying to show you what he's getting from winter. Okay. I'm willing to be open to that. Okay. And as far as winter goes, um, there is a man and a bunch of other people, including what appears to be uh, an older Cesar, an older Xanatari, and um, 
a bunch of other people that you don't recognize. Mm. And from the perspective of winter, these are all pack. This is all pack. This is all good. Um, not to use the cliche, but winter is coming. But it is starting to be the season where things are dying outside and it's time to hibernate. So, apparently, winter is getting ready to sleep. Judging from the height that you are looking at, winter is fully grown, bigger than what you are looking at now. So, he's seeing the future. Okay. Well, what, what he's seeing is, is what winter knows to be history or memory. Mm-hmm. Seems to have pulled out a, a memory. And... Somehow you are getting this. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's very strange and timey-wimey. Yep. Um, but everyone is much, much older. Well, except for Cesar, because Cesar is much younger. Cesar is much younger. For real? Yeah. In the past interactions with uh, future Cesar, Cesar has been younger. Cesar's younger. Okay. Um, and then everything kind of goes until um, Winter wakes up, is confused because you're both pups. Mm. Use Anatari and Winter, um, but recognizes you as Pack and has just been kind of following you along because he doesn't need to um, understand this right now. He just knows that he is with with Pack. Okay. And. Uh, Ed seems very, very surprised, uh, shocked even, that there is some something at play here. Because he's like, you know, I've, I've had this idea of for those Kalashtar that go out into hazardous areas of doing, you know, trying to find some sort of companions because mages and magic users sometimes have moves. And, you know, it can get lonely on the road with no one that kind of understands the Kalashtar and sometimes a little extra backup against the... The darkness helps, but um, this was only like a couple of dreams, nascent idea, maybe a pen scratch here or there. But this is a fully developed program, for lack of a better word. This is amazing. Where did you, you know, how did you find, how did you find this out? You know, this. Um, winter came from essentially the sky. You know, he was on a device that flew sort of on wind currents and he landed in a tree in in a capsule and inside the capsule there was some writing on wood and winter was asleep Uh, he was much younger at the time and do i do i have in my pack or somewhere else the writing that i had assumed was either from us to ourselves or Mm -hmm. yeah i would show him that okay um the Ed, Ed takes a moment to read what's on the document. His, um, his browser, you know, furrowed all up and everything like that. And he's uh, suddenly runs over to a book that's nearby and starts flipping through it and flipping through it and then goes to another book. And this, this time he pulls out this very slim sort of comic book size thickness that's hidden between two large tomes. You have to really know where it is amongst all the other books and stuff. Um, And he starts using that as a reference. Apparently, what was written was in code, Mm -hmm. and he's now trying to decipher it. Oh, okay. 
And he turns and looks and goes, this is telling you that on this very specific day today that you would be here and that evil would um, befall the city. Uh-huh. Well, that's not good. Nope. Does it specify what evil or give us some sort of directions, mysterious and vague future note? Um, he kind of holds the note up to the thing, I mean, to the, to the light. Is there a thrush knocking? Well, he, he, he holds it up and he goes, um, apparently at this point I died without adding that little bit of info. Uh-huh. Well, that's far in the future, though, because he, well, we see. It is. It is. Okay. Uh, this is this is this is sort of like sending a letter back to the citizens of Pompeii, going, right. um, "No, really, really, painting. you want to get out of town? Boom! Oh crap!" Okay. Okay. Well, uh, your 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 noble lackey Robin shall now ride it out of the city for the hopes that somehow it. I see. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, wow. That's that's a that's a large area to cover from danger. Okay. Cesar, um, where are you and Carl? Where did you two wind up? We uh, went to go find something to shove in our face. Okay. Food and drink. did. Okay. Carl, where would Carl like to be? Uh, well, he knows uh, a small tavern uh, in, in the... Uh, well, um, vicinity uh, of the temple, so he would uh, take Cesar there and order, uh, I guess, two beers okay. for them. And the interesting bit would be that he wouldn't drink right away. He would cheer to Cesar, but uh, wouldn't drink himself until Cesar had done so. Okay. Well, there's no issue there, because Cesar wouldn't wait. He would immediately um, start drinking. Okay. Carl would then watch Cesar drink and would ask him, would you try to, uh, would you mind to try my beer also? And wave the mug at him. Um, is it, is it different? Uh, I don't know, you tell me. Are you worried? Um, maybe... <laughs> I remember that I had a drink once and it didn't do me too much good and I hadn't drank a beer before so I didn't know how it was supposed to taste so you you look like you like beer so would you mind to try mine and say me is this good beer? Uh, um, well, uh, here. Uh, and he would swap beers with him and give him the one he had drank from here. You, you, you just have the rest of mine. It, it, it seems fine. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and before Cesar drinks any more of his, he would like look around to see if he sees anybody watching to see if Carol would fall over dead. And <laughs> I'm assuming he doesn't see anybody. I mean, I maybe mean, a perception check. I don't know. Um, no, go ahead. Uh, you seem to be o you seem to be okay without even the perception check. Okay. Yeah. So he would then proceed to drink, uh, start drinking from another fresh mug. 
uh, tentatively at first. See okay. if it tastes or smells weird. But this is the this is the the brand that Carl was drinking. Yes. Yeah, we swapped. Okay. Well, um, you noticed that uh, maybe it was the sense of indecision or dread over Carl and his choice of beers. But your stomach and your head were starting to feel rapidly not good at all, like you're going to be violently ill, like sort of the the echo of a violently ill period was going to overcome you. Okay. Um, but as soon as you took a sip of Carl's beer or brand or whatever, your stomach became fine. Your head became fine. In fact, if you've got any old aches and creaks that may have been from the travel, they are gone. However, everyone else in the bar that has been drinking expires immediately and collapses at their tables. Whoa. Carl looks at his beer, looks at Cesar, goes wide-eyed. <laughs> now, Carol, because you already had your beer, Cesar's beer just tastes different. But you're not having an effect on it. It's not having an effect on you. Oh, right. <laughs> um, Cesar, seeing everybody die violently, would jump to his feet. Um, just go, ah, 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 looking all around. Um, I mean, is, is literally everyone dead? Um, the bartender is standing there in shock, but then starts, um, to collapse because he's had a, a beer recently, uh-huh. but it's sort of like, um, the effect of cyanide. But what happens though, is that instead of a white bubbling of foam around the mouth, it's going to wind up having a, uh, a black foam. Wow. Okay. So, um, um, Cesar would go to uh, whoever's, if there, whatever patron nearest by has some drink left in a, a mug. Yep. Uh, and take some, put it in a container. Okay. And then um, he would say, uh, "Carol, uh, put your drink down. Let's let's go find uh, the authorities. Uh, something." Something obviously is wrong here. Okay. Um, there are 16 dead people, by the way, right. in this inn right now. But you swear that you are still hearing some sort of conversation happening at the tables around you. Okay. Along with a gurgling, somewhat sickening, popping fizz sound. Okay. That seems to be growing louder. Okay. Um, yeah, Cesar's thoroughly freaked out. Um, he would make his way out, whether or not Carol follows along. And uh, as he indicated that he was going to, to him, look to find some sort of, I don't know, if we'd notice there's guards or, you know, some sort of police force or whatever, to try to find someone nearby to alert. Okay. All right. So, the... Carl, do you follow at, at haste, or do you keep your beer? <laughs> he would uh, currently be busy uh, 
shaking someone of the of the dead people, trying to reanimate him, but by punching him in the stomach rapidly, so it, so that the person would spit out the beer, uh, would then realize it doesn't work and follow Cesar. Okay. Um, as you drop that particular body in turn, um, unbeknownst to you, something appears to be crawling out of the mouth of the dead patron. Sort of like a, two black hands prying the mouth open and something starting to pull itself out. This is happening this, this, to me. This, this this yeah well the it's it, you you drop the page you drop the page, the person on the ground or back at the table and you turn around and you head for the door yeah yeah okay <laughs> behind you in in horror movie style what is happening behind you is this thing right so it is not known to you in character out of character yes. it is okay okay Good. Thank you for uh, giving me a chance to explain that confusion for you. <laughs> um, Cesar? Mm-hmm? Uh, you see Carl stagger out, you know, maybe 30 seconds behind you. Mm. Are you... Uh, are you going for a full-on, you know, full-court press of trying to find someone? Uh, yeah, um... Hmm. Is there anybody readily available nearby <clears throat> of that, of any official capacity that I can tell? Um, yes, pe people have apparently been summoned because some people that were standing outside of the uh, inn and sitting at tables and stuff, drinking, uh, they're also dead. Right, so like out on like a patio or whatever? Yes. Okay. Yes, um, whatever the Kalashtar hold <laughs> as veranda or of the like. Now, the... <clears throat> other issue is is that you know some screams some screams have gone on and um so forth so people are the constables are starting to come in some troops are starting to come in um all that sort of thing uh carl you will recognize that the calls from the troops that are being used um are all authentic kalashtar uh signals they're they're following a script they're 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 following their emergency plan Right. Um, well, I guess uh, Carol would um, stick with Cesar and f <laughs> be really right, uh, wide-eyed and and afraid and go uh, shouting out, "Rap! Um, what's happening?" And this never had has never happened before. Uh, is, is your friend all right? Let's let's go to the temple. Let's go <laughs> go check out if someone's still alive. Okay. I would like um, you to, um, Cesar and Carl. I would like you to make a perception check, please. Ooh, nine. Okay. Um, Twenty-six. Okay. Um, Cesar. Mm -hmm. I would like, in the, in the hubble and bubble of everything that's going on here, you do happen to catch um, your eye skyward, and you sort of thought that you were in just sort of a shady area due to the um, areas of the canyon walls and stuff. But 
you're starting to realize that wait, this part of the city is outside of the canyon in sort of a wide area, wider area, and you're more towards the center. Okay. So the problem is is that there appears to be an eclipse starting on the sun. And that's a problem? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you know, the last time the, um, the moon turned orange and stuff, it was a little bit of an issue. Oh, but sure, yeah, with the hand and the, everything. The, 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 the timing of A to B, your analytical mind may go... Orcus, it is damn hands. Does, well, it look, does it look weird for an eclipse? No, it looks like just an eclipse happening, but it is um, very deep, dark shadows. Okay. You just need to bite a cereal before you talked. You just. I don't have cereal. It's rice. Oh. It's fine. That makes it so much better. There's rice and cereal. Crunchy. That's true. Yeah, good thinking. Yeah. If it was fried Crappies. rice, it could be crunchy. Cereal. Yeah, but you know, you throw a little sugar on it, whatever. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it says it's rice while the world burns. Exactly. Okay. Um. All right. Well, still. Um. I mean, do they seem to be the authorities? They're sort of taking over, doing their thing. Yes, um, it looks like they want to try and stop you because um, you know you were pointed. You know, they they pointed out that you came out of there. They they're not acting like you have done anything, but there's like this kind of surprise. Yeah. Is, is it wait? Everyone else is dead, but these two yahoos. Sure. So, um, I think Cesar would probably actually stop okay. thinking that it would be worse, um, to run or try to get away, especially if they're noticed. Okay. Um, I'll get back to you too in just a moment. Zenatari. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you and Ed been up to for? Well, we just found out the world is going to, uh, encounter great evil and that's, pretty much par for a daily uh, with our party anyway. So uh, at this point, Xanatari is not comfortable offloading memories because her fear is that Orcus and, you know, killing, I forget what his name is, Death God, uh, and all that is going to be something that perhaps uh, precipitates this apocalypse. So, mm-hmm. you know she's probably not going to put that into the collective mind if there is a chance that there's some sort of evil about. Okay. Uh, so, leaving the Citadel, she's going to go look for Cesar to make sure that they're together. Okay. Uh, please roll a perception check. Uh, 28. Okay. You two happen to notice that um, there seems to be a good amount of shade around it's you know going to keep the temperatures down a bit and so forth but um you two also realize wait a minute you're not really in an area that should be having quite this much shade at around the time the clarion bells of alarm start to go off and uh guards and whatever seem to be heading off towards a nearby um food and hostile area Okay. Well, even though Xantaria is not allowing herself to connect to the collective Kalashdar, I suspect that Ed and the rest of the people around me would suddenly feel 16-plus members drop dead on the ground. Yes. So, uh, you know, 
that would be a, an alarmist thing for sure. So everyone would be going in a general direction, so I would probably follow that direction. However, um, Ed does make note that he does not know what is going on because to him, he is not lost connection to the 16. Okay, so no one, no one believes these people are dead, or there isn't any kind of alarm or, or something like that. So they're just coming. Why? What? Why the, are the what they? Because what of shouting? they? There. Something has been reported. There. There appear to be dead people. There appears to be an incident nearby. Okay. But as far as taking the inventory toll of people, mm-hmm. they're not showing up as dead. Alright, well, Xanatari will look for Cessa regardless, and take note that things are getting dark, checking out the sky, and uh, become... Take Bert out, and put Bert above her head, so that uh, Chaos Orb light is visible. Um, and, again, her alarm's pretty high at this point. Bert's flipping out. Okay. Bert, 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 is, Bert is, in fact, hot to the touch as you try to pull him out. As soon as you open up and you try to make the motion to grab him, he's already, like, up in your hand, you know, get it going. Yeah, uh, then my sword would also be in my hand. Okay. Um, you also notice that uh, Bert is trying desperately to cast a far greater range of light than he ever has before that you are aware of. In fact, he's got a good... 25, 30 foot, or, uh, you know, 10 yard bubble. Okay, uh, get my light. symbol out. Yep. And also having that near me. You, as you move forward, um, I'm going to count this against because you had a, a wonderful check, uh, perception check. Mm-hmm. As you're walking along, your um, footsteps are kicking up some dust. Is it unusual in the middle of a canyon city? Yes, because this dust suddenly looks like it's in the form of a vaguely humanoid. Humanoid dust? What? Yeah, like like someone like a chalk outline, but the chalk outline is filled with dust. Uh, you saying I'm walking over t- human-shaped dust circles? What? Yes. As it. Bert's coming up, and Bert's Bert's casting this glow. It's right. like the sh- shadows are falling all around and stuff. And as the thing is moving, as this light is moving forward, mm-hmm. it's uncovering like sort of the Pompeii deal, where or um, yeah. Hiroshima and Nagasaki, Very where nice. where the shadows are like actually burned onto the wall. Oh, in this case, you're encountering what appeared to be piles of dust in a vague humanoid shape. Did it appear to originate from any one area? It seems to be as if they were moving towards you or just sort of moving around. And they only begin where the light ends? Where the light starts. So they're inside this, the orbs of light, yes. in other words. Okay. Yes. Uh, so I'm either being attacked by something outside the light, and this is turning them into that, or is this just illuminating something that already exists? You had an encounter a long time ago with shadows. Yes. 
This feels strangely like that. Okay, is there anyone else, like, living around me right now? Because I thought there's a herd of people. Yep, nope, there's, there's people moving along. Okay. This doesn't... But remember, the last time that there were these shadow things, they just simply burnt and vanished. Because of burnt. Or fled. But in this case, you are now encountering this weird, unexplained dust thing. Yeah. Carl, Carl, are you are you following along, or do you need yeah. a better? No, fine. Okay, alrighty. Um, yeah. Well, my my question is because last time we encountered shadows, they were killing everyone who isn't within the light, and these people seem just fine, and no one's attacking them, and you know. Correct. Right now, anyone outside of the light seems to be doing fine. Yeah. But the situation within the light seems to indicate that there is some big mojo going on. Okay. Well, uh, it's not going to stop me from finding Cesar. Okay. Just, but I'm just letting you know that as you're going along, you're encountering this weird sort of dust mm-hmm. stuff. Draw, draw whatever opinion you may want from that. Okay. Uh, Xanatar is for a simple person, um, not an intelligent, but fairly simplistic in the sense that if nothing is attacking her, she's gonna not pay it too much mind. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very good. Um, Cesar, you give a full, um, hang on a second. Uh, you give a full accounting, very quick accounting, um, of what happened within the bar to the head constable that's there. Um, you're not sure if he's the head constable or not, but you know anyone at this point with a badge is probably good. Yeah. Do you hand over any of the solution, or do you tell them you know which which mug to which mug is you know don't do this, don't do that. You know this is the good mug. What happened? Type. Well, thing? I would you know basically just say well um, obviously the the table without dead people at it uh, has what we were drinking. Uh, I would be careful with anything else you find. Um, uh, Maybe even with what was at our table. I don't really know. Um, I had a bit. Uh, my friend Carol here had a bit. Uh, we had just gotten there. So we hadn't had any besides what's on our table. Uh, okay. That's all we know, really. Okay. And no, I wouldn't give him... There's plenty in there for them to sample on their own. Okay. Carl, do you have anything that you wish to add to the uh, to what Cesar says? Uh, no, he would recognize that Cess is much better at speaking and explaining than him, so he would just not um, at the right places. <laughs> um, you've got a bit of a hunter instinct in you, though, Carl, right? A little bit. Okay. You kind of get in the feeling like you are sitting at one of your mom's hunting blinds, one of her hunting stations where she'd go and, and wait for game to come by. Does that? Um. <clears throat> when 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 you go hunting, sometimes you just don't follow the animals out. Sometimes you'll set out food or other things to bring the animals to you, mm-hmm. so you can hunt them. This feels like one of those situations. But would he feel like he's hunted, or he's the hunter? And waiting for something worse to happen. 
you're waiting for something to happen. It's unclear if you are the hunter or the hunted, but it's a sudden realization, perhaps, that something is very amiss. You know, this is this is a problem, everything that's going on here. But you have to ask yourself the question enough, are you the hunted, that you feel a bit, un- it would probably leave you uncomfortable. He wrote heavily gulp and stagger toward the nearest wall, press his back against it, and um, watch the uh, entrance and the all um, visible exits uh, rapidly, <laughs> almost like he's shaking his head, hand, um, uh, his head and extending his palms to the sides uh, and seems to freeze there, like he is um, concentrating so much on uh, um, on his perception, um, guarding his, his doors with uh, his attention that he would, wouldn't have um, the mental capacity, uh, cap- the mental <laughs> skills left, <laughs> capacities, thank you, uh, to do anything else with his body or his, his speech. Okay. So it would like a speed, like a, like a statue in the, at a wall. Okay. That makes, that's a good description. Um, Cesar, before I cut to Xanatari, um, again, you see a group of Kalishtar, uh, warriors. They are trying to pry the door to the inn open. And as if something is resisting them. And then when they do, um, you're pretty sure that you didn't leave the inside pitch black. There were still some candles. There would still be some light to show. Something on the inside. Um, But the doorway that they run into is of almost the purest black. Um, Maybe even just a little bit of an undulation like a curtain. All right. And when they run in, do they just disappear into it? Um, It's it's sort of like they, 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 they exit into it, but it's not uh, like a teleport. But you, you can't see them once they go in. Right. Okay? Okay. Xanatari. Mm-hmm. You follow the people, and ahead of you, after a good number of warriors and other Kalishtar people that are there, uh, you spot Cesar standing out like a sore thumb, mm-hmm. at least as far as the Kalishtar are concerned, but to you he is extremely common. Um... And you spy Carl doing a very good impression of a statue. Uh, it's almost, you, you sort of recognize from other hunting stuff that you've seen, he's actually doing a very good job of trying to blend into his surroundings. But you can read his facial expression and other things. The man is worried. Okay. Xenotari uh, would rock up with her chaos orb going crazy around her head casting giant uh, sphere of light around her sword in her hand clearly agitated uh, holy symbol strapped to her belt or somewhere you know that is obvious and you know run up to Cesar kind of glancing just quickly at, at Carl uh, and focusing on Cesar she would say what happened well um uh- Carol and I were uh, in the uh, the inn there, um, about to have a drink. Um, 
he did something weird where he wanted me to take a sip of his, so I, I swapped him, and uh, and then uh, at a few moments later, uh, everyone in the the room immediately dropped dead. So uh, we came out. The people uh, outside um, uh, visiting, you know, patronizing the the restaurant had died as well, and uh, at that point the. Uh, the the officials uh, were already rushing to the scene. I don't know what happened. I, I took a bit of a sample of, of one of the drinks, which I want to analyze later. Um, but now you can see, I just noticed this too. Look in the door there. It's uh, It wasn't that dark when we left. That's, that's for sure. So something's going on. And I, I think you'll notice he gestures up to the sky. Um, having a bit of a astronomical event here too. So... Uh, I suspect something's happening. I don't know what yet, but we uh, seem to run into this type of thing pretty regularly, so I think we could expect some trouble. Okay. Uh, yes. Well, um, and you said there's no mental attack that is going off and triggering any of my defenses, correct, Dungeon Master? Nope, you your your mental capacity uh, appears My to remain your own. Of mental clarity is still bastiony. Yep. All right. Um, well, I'm gonna try to use my telepathy plus five and see if there's anybody within five squares inside the inn that I'm getting any kind of like mental uh, sensing off of. Like, is there anything living? You know, because the guards he just said the guards ran in and there were sixteen people and whatever. Okay. Uh, go ahead and give some dramatic, you know, Dr. Xavier, Professor Xavier, whatever description you want, because we haven't had a good description from you in a while. Okay. Um, well, uh, considering the level of agitation, Xantari is prepared uh, fully to use her um, angelic presence daily minor action, uh, which is, it would mean basically that she would blur into a kind of holy, glowing, you know, angelic, divine-looking person. Um, fear is definitely present, and you would see the whole uh, kind of shimmering, I guess, indication of a possibility of, of angelic wings coming out of her back. Mm-hmm. And she would, you know, close her eyes and, holding on to her weapons, pulling on towards her chest, a sort of prayerful pose. Uh, try to reach out mentally to the inn and see if she can sense any living beings inside. Okay. Also in classic horror movie fashion, there is always somewhat the creepy building up on a hill, Hmm. cascaded with lightning, and you get that sense that there's something about the building that is just not right. In this case, you do not find, in any case, a response to the request for life from the guards within. In fact, you don't feel anything in there except this very icy, cold sense of nothing. Not a reply, not an affirmative, not a negative, just no response whatsoever either way. But as you push further in, you can sense that your request is sort of disintegrating. But the building itself has a number of large windows decorating the front. Mm-hmm. 
you sort of swear that from the two largest windows set on either side of the front of the building, that the building might be watching you all of a sudden. Hmm. As if the if the windows could blink, they would. Okay. Uh, who all is around now at this point? Uh, Ed, Cesar, Carl, a bunch of... Um, Kalashtar warriors, some citizenry. Okay, uh, I'm going to turn to Ed, who I feel is a authority figure, mm-hmm. and say, don't go in there. And uh, I don't know what kind of magical abilities you have. Uh, clerical abilities are not helping in this case, but I would definitely prevent anyone from going in there, and if there's a way to somehow create a barrier around this area uh, that would be a good thing because i'm concerned about whatever is is here in this this building okay um he takes you seriously and people start moving back away from the inn and uh you sort of get this um from different pockets of the kalashtar you start bringing, um, you start seeing shields or a shimmer start to appear about them. Can I roll Arcana? Sure. Uh, okay, that was a natural one, but total it's 14. Okay. Why were you rolling in the Arcana? Because I wanted to see if there was any magical, uh, you know, if someone had cast a spell, if this is some sort of magical interference, uh, what, if there's some sort of a trail like around this uh, building that would indicate how this occurred because it's clearly not just uh, it doesn't t- doesn't taste like Orcus to us or you would have said something it doesn't seem like a god so I'm assuming it's magically created it seems like what you are looking at is the end times of everything there is the creation of magic followed by the immediate destruction of magic within this site you swear that looking around that there are sigils painted all over the building. Your sense of magic may be so hungry to try and figure out what it is. You may even see the image of those druidic cultists, the cultists that killed all the druids and stuff, mm-hmm. laced within the timbers, the very timbers and beams on the outside facade, marking this as an utter pit to the abyss. Okay, I'm going to grab Carl. In other words, you don't know <laughs> shit. Yeah, I'm going to grab Carl by the back of his neck and drag him over to Ed. Because the only thing she knows, being a simple person, is uh, Carl shows up. They go to the Citadel. Citadel's corrupted. Carl shows up at an inn. Everyone dies. End of the world begins. However, if you listen to, um, as an aside, if you listen to Cesar talking about Carl, Carl actually saved. I understand. And Carl's been here for two years. So, okay, so you scruff, scruff Carl off the wall. Yep. Carl, um, do, 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 you, do you understand what this looks like? She looks like she's got the huge flaming, um, huge holy wings thing going on here. She's coming up on you. All I can see is Carl <laughs> against the wall, like, <laughs> pretending to be a lizard or something. Like, really <laughs> Um. I don't think that at this point Carl would have uh, noticed, um, really noticed the wings and, and all that, that glamour. His eyes would sh- be 
um, still focusing bird because it's never seen such thing as as bird and like like someone tracking a fly buzzing around the room. Uh, oh, he's looking at bird. Okay. Um, I think you may have oh, muted. Okay. Oops, no, there. You, try try saying the last stuff again because you your sound cut out. Oh. You're looking All right. at bird. Mm -hmm. So um, at this point. Carl wouldn't yet have fully noticed the wings and all that radiance and glamour. He would uh, still be focused uh, f uh, tracking Bird with his eyes because he ne has never seen uh, something as Bird and he's totally fascinated by it, like uh, maybe like a cat following a, um, a bumblebee ar around the room. And until um, uh, Sanitario grabbed him. At this point, he would uh, get a little bit startled, but would just go, uh, oh, you want me to go over here? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so she would be standing in front of Ed and just kind of glaring and, and saying, is this the person, th this is the person you said somehow tainted the Citadel, correct? He, he Ed, Ed nods. Um, I wouldn't quite use the words taint, but uh, changed, altered, yes. Okay, so uh, suddenly this has occurred and he's here. What's your what's your as assumption or what, what do you think happened? Uh, because it, it's strange that these two incidents would happen right around this person. Ed, Ed sort of shakes his head and goes, I, I don't know. The, the fact is the magic within the temple hasn't changed. Its appearance has been transmuted and so forth, but the effects are still there. This is something, you know, that is just really... If it was anyone but him, I would think that it was just, you know, weird turn of events. Since he's here, I view it as just weird. So, um, I don't think he has anything to do with this, but... This, yeah, we have defenses to put up. Okay. Zentari has not decided if she feels like Carl could wish this better, or if he's the one who wished it bad. Okay. So I guess she would just kind of turn and glare at him. Okay. Cesar? Sorry, muted. Yep. Uh, this is all kind of going on. What's your entry into the take? Um... Well, things seem to be progressing pretty rapidly. Um, he is going to, you know, keep an eye, uh, you know, al al alternate, you know, between just keeping an eye on what's around. So the, the eclipse is going on, the inn, and the black doorway, and then anywhere else to see if something else starts to go weird. He sees that Bert is very agitated, so he knows that something's up. So he, um, um, from what he's seen, is would this be a... A town where, you know what? Screw it. He pulls out his crossbow, and uh, and has that at the ready. Not obviously pointed at anybody, but it's ready to go. Okay. Um, before we head out here, I will leave you with this description um, leading up to next week. Much as if the cadaverous faces uh, from the dead people inside were burbling forth a black substance. The doorway to the inn 
likewise bursts open, and some sort of black rolling morass starts to burble forth. And you might actually think that maybe the building moves a little bit. Someone put too much soap in the dishwasher. <laughs> All right. Uh- but there's one last bit of thing. Zinatari, Bert seems to be trying to tell you something. Okay. That it can handle it. Okay. With that, Xanatari, take us out. Thank you for listening. You can find out more at deathd4dishonor.com. Find us on iTunes at deathd4. Take, please take a listen to the Gray Area podcast about advice and interviews on relationships between gamers at genesee.com. And subscribe here on twitch.tv slash genesee, where we stream every Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, stay tuned for a worldwide adventure next week. <laughs>